it's uh, been a great week. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we had a we had a great week. Merry Christmas, everybody! It's on. It's now Christmas time, right? Um, a lot of you have already put up your Christmas trees and your decorations and all that. Um, man, our neighbors right down from us. Um, it is wonderful. It is, it is worth driving past our house tonight and just checking on the neighbors next to us. It is incredible. Um, before I get into the message this morning, I, I titled this, It's Gabriel Time, so you might can feel where we're going with this. Um, Justin Whitmell Early, E-A-R-L-E-Y, you ought to uh, Google that. <clears throat> He's a lawyer, a strong believer, author uh, he's written um, some books he's in he really is into celebrating the advent if you understand what i'm saying today is the first day of advent the first sunday of advent but uh i i came across him sometime back and i was very impressed uh he's married with uh, four boys and uh, he lives like i said in richmond virginia he wrote a book called the common rule habits of purpose for an age of distraction. None of that applies to us, right? Habits of purpose for an age of distraction. And uh, starting today, this is the first day, he's got three kneeling prayers. The morning one is to to the uh, God the Father. The noon or the midday is a prayer directed to Jesus. And the evening prayer is uh, focused on the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit. But there's so many readings every day, and um, I just think this guy is worth worth you trying to find information. I I put something on my Facebook, but I can't hardly add anything to the churches because I am the church on the Facebook. If I go to try to go to Tuscaloosa First Assembly, it's me. And how many people do we have? Like a couple of us, right? It's so frustrating. I want to do something. Maybe I'll just pass that off to somebody else. But um, we are, we're usually not into uh, celebrating the, the disciplines of Advent, but um, I, I'd like for you to check that out. Of course, next Sunday, the um, Mission Sunday, it's going to be the one and only William Ihorn speaking next Sunday. So... We're excited about that. We love Kai Alpha, the team that God has put together here. Um, and we've got we got people out of Kai Alpha, Alabama, that's in Japan, that's in Belgium, uh, that's in Washington, D.C. at American University. Uh, Blaine and Hannah Young uh, actually met at the University of Alabama, and uh, I think they filled in for one year as students to lead Chi Alpha, and now they're over in Washington, D.C. That's not a small task, right, is having a Chi Alpha ministry over at American University. Um, but Gabriel, there's three times that Gabriel appears in the Bible, and the first one is in the Old Testament with Daniel. And, um, you know, he, he is a special angel that is on special assignments. The other two is in Luke chapter 1. And uh, we're going to be going there if you want to find that in your Bible. The other two appearances that Gabriel has is probably at the most crucial, important 
intersection of heaven and earth. Um, and I'm not so much going to focus on him, but what he came to do and what he came to communicate is paramount to us as believers. When I talk, talk about the intersection of heaven and earth, we're talking about prophecies. And the first prophecy of the gospel is in Genesis, when God told the serpent that the seed of the woman, which is an unusual expression, it's going to be the seed of the woman, the offspring of the woman, that will crush that deceiving serpent's head. And from there, the Lord starts over with Noah and his family. And out of the, the repopulation of the earth, there's a man and his wife in their older years that are called out of a Chaldean culture, a culture of uh, witchcraft and paganism. Remember, Abraham started a family, but he came out of a Chaldean culture. And he was brought to Israel, promised that land. The only land he owned when he passed away was the burial plot that he bought for his wife, and he's buried there. So the Lord showed him all of this land and says, I'm going to give this to your descendants. They're going to be, they're going to like be the, like the sand on the water or the stars in the, in the sky. There's going to be an enormous nation that's birthed out of you. And, of course, that came through Isaac and then Jacob and 12 sons. And then Judah is a tribe that the uh, king is promised through. And you have all of these prof prophecies of a promised king prophesied that would fulfill, fulfill the focus of this elaborate system of worship that they had, the, the sanctuary, the tabernacle, and then the temple that in Jesus' day was occupied by the priesthood. I want to take you to Luke chapter 1 because Zechariah is the first time that it, we see in the New Testament that Gabriel appears. I'm, I'm going to begin reading verse 10, but let me just bring you up to verse 10. Zechariah is an older man, he's well in his years, and his, his group that he's a part of, the priesthood group that he's a part of, it's their duty to take care of the holy place. This is that one holy place, not the holy of holies, that was only reserved for the high priest on the day of atonement. But every day, they had a priest to go into the holy place to make sure the, the menorah was lit, the seven-pronged candle labra was lit, that the table of showbread had fresh bread, and one of the things they would do would put incense on these coals on the incense altar so that make this fragrant haze as to shield them from the actual presence of God. And this is what Zachariah is doing. He's in there, he's done this many times over the years, but Every time he goes in there, he's, he's remembering this warning that God gave the priest that you do not step into that holy place in a wrong way because it would be the last thing you do. So there's a bunch of people outside praying for him <laughs> that he will come out. So let's pick this up in verse 10, if you will. This is I'm reading this out of the NLT, so I know it's popular with some of you, so I'm just trying to be a good pastor today how's that <laughs> while the incense was being burned a great crowd stood outside praying standing to the right while Zacharias in the sanctuary an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar 
Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man. And my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I love this. I am Gabriel. And this was not said in a tone that Zechariah needed. <laughs> I just love this. If nobody enjoys this, I'm just going to enjoy it myself. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. And now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. For the time was then, the time is now. Zachariah was overwhelmed by what Gabriel tells him. You and your wife, I love this. Your prayer has been answered. Y'all are going to have a son. And I'm thinking, that was a long time time ago we prayed that your prayer has been answered see heaven doesn't know anything about time we're the ones that are all time conscious you and your wife are going to have a baby and it's going to be a boy and you're going to name him john you know what i i'm not sure if zachariah heard anything else he said after that and you're to name him john i think everything else is going over his head it's like what because this is like, this is going to be great, great joy. People are going to be excited about your son. You know, your son, John, the one you're going to name John. You're gonna, there's going to be a lot of excitement about him. Don't let him touch anything fermented. Keep him away from alcohol. That, that might be a good advice for parents today, right? But it gets even better. He says, he's going to be like Elijah. Elijah. You're going to have a son. I, I just believe that Zechariah is still processing. Uh, we're going to have a what? What? I think everything else is just going right over him. And, and, and I believe we can come to that conclusion because his first response, what he says, you're going to have a son like Elijah. It looks like somebody else says, yeah, I always wanted a son like Elijah. He's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. He's going to call rebels to accept wise, godly counsel. And Zechariah's first response is, how in the world is this going to happen? How is that going to happen? We're old people. 
we be old. That's a better way of saying it. I, I know that's bad English, but it's just emphatic when you do it that way. The thing that is so interesting is that this is when, <laughs> this is when Gabriel identifies himself. He doesn't identify himself before he starts all of this. After Zachariah says what he says, I am Gabriel. And I just still feel like the way he said it, Zachariah should brace himself. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I've come here to tell you something so great. And you don't believe a word I said. I'm on a mission, the greatest. I want you to think about this. From the announcement that the seed of the woman is going to take care of that enemy that caused all of this mess, and heaven has been waiting for this moment. This is the intersection of all the prophecies in the Old Testament that the Savior is going to come, and he's going to have someone who will introduce him, and this is the family that Elijah, like men, is going to come prepare the way for Messiah. So poor Zechariah is just left where he can't talk. I imagine he tried to learn sign language. Probably was no sign languages. And said, well, he could just write out something. No, he couldn't just write out something. Writing material was not that easy to get a hold of. For nine months, I think probably he thought about that, and especially when... The news hit that, hey, Elizabeth is pregnant. But I just think he thought, man, I blew that. <laughs> I could be talking about what's going on, and now I can't talk about it at all. And Luke is so detailed. I just love reading Luke and the sequel to his gospel, the book of Acts, because he's so detail-oriented. He simply says they return home, and Elizabeth gets pregnant. You know, it's just a little bit embarrassing for an old woman to get pregnant. Okay. She goes into seclusion for five months. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting the kick out of it. I don't know what you think, but she just like locks it down. Don't want to tell anybody. She's in seclusion. And I can't help but remember the news when my mom got pregnant with our baby sister, Becky. My mom was a grandma when she got pregnant with Becky. And almost to the day, she had Becky nine years after Ruth. And mama was embarrassed to tell anybody that she was pregnant. <laughs> I guess it has something about oldness, right? What in the world is old people doing getting pregnant? But when she comes out of seclusion, <laughs> she, I guess she's getting ready to let everybody know. This is what she says in verse 25. How kind the Lord is. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. It's on, folks. I'm going to tell you like it is. It's great to know that God has blessed me with a pregnancy. And she knew somewhere early on in that pregnancy that she was expecting a child, but she just didn't want to make that common news. But at six months, something else happens. I just think that Gabriel 
Gabriel is this is this is the height of any assignment he has ever been given. <laughs> Didn't work out real good for Zechariah, but it's going to work out a lot better for what happens next. This is in verse 26. In the sixth month, now she's she's already come out. Everybody knows she lives. See, they don't live up in Galilee, where Mary's from. They live in Judea, so there was a long distance, and so she probably. Had, Mary hasn't probably heard about her cousin being pregnant. But this is in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel. Here he is. It's Gabriel time again to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. And that is being really liberal, calling it a village. To a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Her response, confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. <laughs> Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Amen. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived the Son is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded. I love this. I am Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. I want to tell you, that was a different young lady. <laughs> what she was told was going to happen to her is like, bring it on. She was a little confused and disturbed. And, and he realized that, like, and, and really it's the culture of that day. Men just didn't talk to women. It was kind of off limits, especially a young teenager and I don't know if she even felt that this was a man. I believe from the very outset she, she knew that this was not a typical person. I'm just conjecturing that. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. I would think that would be a, a, just a bit disconcerting for a teenager, <laughs> a young lady teenager, a spouse engaged to marry for a man to walk up and says. Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. I'm sure she said, well, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. The Lord is with you too. That's the way we would respond, right? The Lord is with you. But Gabriel sees that she's taken back a little bit. And this is what he says to her. He says, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And if there's ever been an understatement, it's that sentence. Think about it. Think about what she's going to do. You have found favor with God. Of all the young 
virgin women in Israel. Not just up in Galilee, but down in Judea. All of them, she's the one that's been chosen. She's engaged to a man that's a descendant of King David. And according to how Gabriel responded to Zachariah's old age statement, it seems that Mary had a different disposition. You know, angels are not robots. I, I can just see Aunt Gabriel when he looks at Zachariah and says, you don't believe me? I think he kind of got a little push, pushed out about that. He's like, all right. You're not going to talk for nine months. How about that? Maybe next time we show up, you'll believe what I say. But when Mary starts questioning, totally different response, isn't it? He sees that she, she's not saying this can't happen. She says, I don't know how this is going to happen. If you look at the difference between Zachariah, both of them questioned, but Zachariah was questioned in total disbelief. Mary was understanding that she is a virgin. She's never been with a man. And maybe this is a good point, a good spot for us to maybe rekindle encouraging young people and teenagers to remain virgins until they get married. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll amen that. He says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. Think about, and he will be very great, will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. This is heavy stuff. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. You will get pregnant. You will give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. And he goes through all of that. That's the, the, the one that she's going to have be pregnant with and how to name him and all of that it was coming together the greatest prophecies of the word of God is being put on a teenage girl in a little village called Nazareth she said I'm a virgin and the angels just told me I'm going to be conceiving a child you know Zachariah says we're old she says I don't know how you're going to do it but I'm wide open see what God's going to do. You know, the probable good place for us to think about this, especially when we're, you know, getting close to Christmas, is what a miracle the conception of Jesus really is. C.S. Lewis said this is probably one of the greatest miracles in the Bible, is God the Son of God descending into the womb of a virgin. And there's a lot, Dr. Mark Buntain heard him say one time that the greatest miracle that he has ever seen in the Bible, he's, he passed away, but he said the greatest miracle is Mary conceiving the Son of God, God becoming one of us. The angel told her, and you know what? It never says that he identified himself to her. Just the scriptures, Luke identifies him as Gabriel. He says, this is Gabriel. He never had to say his name to her. And yet he says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. What's more, 
your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and now is in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. This is the God-man. You know, Christianity is a dangerous faith. Do you realize that? How so? It's dangerous to every other religion in the world because it categorically says that the creator of the universe sent a savior to redeem all mankind from their sin, regardless of culture. How about our experience, our own experience with the savior? Christmas is a celebration of his arrival. Joe Keller used to say, every day's Christmas. Spot on. Every day, especially those whose lives have been changed. There could be a few prayers greater for us to embrace than Mary's declaration, but I want to read it to you one more time. Verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. You know whatever stunned Mary in the early moments of this encounter she had with Gabriel she was a woman of great faith right she didn't blink an eye she said this is this is amazing I've been chosen to do this to be this you know one of the great uh, Christmas songs that has been written in recent years was a song that Mark Lowry wrote in the 80s Mary, did you know? And one of the lyrics is, Mary, did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? The child you delivered will soon deliver you. To have the God child, the God baby, to bring that child into this world is an amazing miracle. And it could very well be, think about this, the child that you delivered will soon deliver you. It could very well be that the very first convert to Jesus being the Messiah was probably his mother. All she had was a promise from an angel she was going to conceive and all she asks is how's it going to happen she says well the Holy Spirit's going to come and hover over you just like the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep in Genesis and there's going to be this transfer of the Son of God into her womb mind boggling isn't it our world needed a savior and here's a young teenager says okay I accept this role. And she was true to her word. She raised that child. She never forgot that. You know what? The Bible does say, and the praise team can come up. The Bible does say that she remained a virgin after her and Joseph was married until the child was born. So she not only was a, a virgin that conceived, 
the miracle was she was a virgin that had a baby. And at the naming that baby, they gave him the name Jesus, which is the really the Old Testament Yeshua, Joshua, meaning the Lord saves. It was a common name. I used to think about baseball and the Alou brothers. Do you remember the Alou brothers? And one of them was named Jesus. They pronounced it Jesus. And I thought, you shouldn't name somebody Jesus. That's a special name, but we got a grandson named that, Joshua. Now, I'm not going to tell him, hey, that's the same as Jesus. I don't want to throw him a curve. Our world needs a Savior today. And I guess when we were singing that second song,
to you. 